0: our body's needs are highly individualistic and the should comes from like a blanket like ketogenic this is going to be great for anyone wanting to lose weight it can't be any of the other diets are the same can't be your body knows what you need and if you learn to listen to it and to slow down and eat closer to the ground eat close to the earth the answers come quite naturally. So I have this visceral reaction to like, eat all this fat and limit your carbs to 5%. 5%? Are you serious? Nobody a hundred years ago
1: was worried about their carbs. They were just working and eating. Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder
0: of The Jealous Vegan, health and
2: life coach, also known as The Influencer. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer.
1: And special guest, Lawrence Rassol, also known as The Weekend Chef. If vegetables are carbohydrates, then carbohydrates can't be bad, right? That and more is part of our discussion today on the ketogenic diet. Welcome back. If you're a regular listener, you've probably heard our podcast episode related to carbohydrates, or what I like to call as Carboholics Anonymous. <laughs> and in that we discussed how there are certain diets that shun carbohydrates, namely the ketogenic diet. And so today, we want to talk a little bit more about that eating plan, what it looks like, and why people are so feverish for it. With us today, though, we are also joined by a special guest.
0: Lawrence Russell, the weekend chef. Hey. You can Follow him on uh, Instagram, at News2DC. We're so excited to have you back with us to talk about this very interesting and current topic.
3: Glad to be back with the group.
1: All right, so maybe, well one, if you have not listened to the Carboholics Anonymous episode, please go back into whatever service you use for podcast and listen to it. But we'll also give a quick recap as to what the ketogenic diet looks like. And we'll start with you, April.
0: So the standard ketogenic diet, Um, is a very low carb, moderate protein, high fat diet. It typically contains 75% fat, 20% protein, and 5% carbs. I should say only 5% carbs, which is very low, generally speaking. And uh, I want to call out also that there are variants within that. You may have heard the term cyclical, ketogenic, targeted, high protein, ketogenic. So there are variants within that, but It relates to a very low-carb, moderate-protein, very high-fat diet.
1: So in our previous episode, we talked about the beauty of carbohydrates, both for their taste as well as what they do for your brain health. But today we're going to talk about why some people are pushing carbs to the side and what benefits they may have derived from doing so. But before we dig too deep into the subject, let's talk about fat, protein, protein carbohydrate, these three pillars of the ketogenic eating plan, but also really how all of us eat. We just may not call it specifically by those names. So what are some examples of fats that people commonly consume?
3: Well, oils, I know the first thing that comes to mind when I think of fat are oils, butter. Um, And of course, fats can be in nuts as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Avocado. That
1: no, right. was the best, one of the best ones, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Burgers. Cheese. <laughs>
1: Cheese. Yeah. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those things are pretty high in terms of fat.
2: Mm-hmm. Fish oil.
0: Right. And for our audience benefit, we're talking not just plant-based in this particular context. We're saying all the fats that we recognize, um, things we might cook our food in, as well as foods we might consume that are whole foods that contain fat, like nuts um, and avocado, and then things that we might add in, like cheese might have, depending on whether you're talking about plant-based cheese or animal-based cheese, it might contain oil or it might naturally just contain fat. Right.
3: Mm -hmm. And then there's unsaturated fats, saturated fats, trans fats. There's so many variations of what quote unquote fats are. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's an important distinction, right? Because you want to, even on the ketogenic diet, you would want to limit your trans fats, right? That's not 75%. Trans fat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a problem, right?
3: Exactly.
1: But there are fats in things like, um, you mentioned nuts, so peanut butter, almond butter,
3: mm -hmm.
1: all of those... um, really rich and creamy and delicious foods, really. Right. Uh, Fat has flavor.
3: Right, exactly. And and traditionally in the culinary world, as well as just eating, even if you're not into cooking per se, uh, these fat or fat in general is what makes the food delicious. So when you think about burgers, what makes it tasty or, or is rather a higher content of fat that's ground into the meat or marbleized into a steak. Everyone knows, as far as a chef, when you're cooking, if you wanna get flavor, you leave the fat or you incorporate more fat, even when it's lean. Like a steak, you're gonna add the butter uh, as you're cooking it. Or or Exactly, exactly, right.
2: There's a show on Netflix I kept <laughs> keep saying I mean to watch it but you guys know how cook
3: acid salt yes, yes salt I saw and that acid and excellent. heat heat right and right. fat
2: I think I'm like those are the four things that you need to like
3: exactly cook.
2: yeah
0: great
3: like excellent watch it.
2: watch it yeah and if
0: you wanna I mean fat forms the basis of the savory sense yeah. right Correct. some people are sweet eaters right that's the sugar right but mm-hmm. but the savory sense a lot of that has to do with the fat mm-hmm. that's in a food, um, either animal or, or plant-based. Correct.
1: Okay, so we've covered, I think, a good swath of the fats that are available. So the second category are proteins. What are some animal and plant-based proteins that we typically consume?
3: Um, obviously meat. The first thing that comes to my animal meat animal meat <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to plant meat <laughs> animal meat it's what's for
1: dinner right exactly
0: and in the plant based kingdom i mean you plant kingdom you lentils right. beans, beans. Mm-hmm. um uh, really all vegetables have some degree of protein um right. a, not as much but some degree of protein your broccoli spinach um brussel sprouts actually are very high in uh plant-based protein um and uh, lentils are super good if yeah. you can eat
3: them. Um,
0: chickpeas,
3: chickpeas, yeah, yeah. Cottage cheese, nuts, nuts, eggs, eggs. Yeah. yeah, eggs, definitely. Well, yeah,
1: Sarah, not plant-based, but yeah, we've we've covered protein in a previous episode as well. So mm-hmm. I think people typically um, can identify what are high pr- or moderate protein foods. So carbohydrates. With tip, what would you describe as carbohydrates?
0: Any vegetable. Pretty much all your plant-based foods are. Um, not just plant-based. All your whole plants are carbs, um, and that includes fruits. fruits. Yeah. They may have some protein. They may have some fat. Um, nuts are that special thing where they like, good bit of fat and a little protein and a little carb. Um, so The Goldilocks foods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And, of course. Uh, Triple threat. When I think carbs, I think growing up, carbs typically are the breads, pasta, uh, the, the pastas, grains. Yeah. the grains, exactly yeah. the rice. But
2: yeah, I mean, you have your good carbs and your bad carbs, right? Because carbs are also your sugars. Mm-hmm. Your your simple carbs are going to be your sugar, your bread, that kind of thing. Your complex carbs are going to be more like grains, your potatoes, your sweet potatoes. Um, yeah, more of that whole grain, that root. Right, vegetables mm-hmm.
1: are
0: going
2: be very carby.
0: We typically think of carbs as a thing that makes us feel full, aside from protein. Right. Carbs It's like I need some, you know, potatoes to go. We we I grew up with the expression, um, "You need some meat and potatoes to put some meat on the bones," right? Like it'll fatten you up, so to speak. Um, and it's the idea that you need both protein and potato, for example, mm-hmm. which is a carb, starchy carb, something starchy, carbs. starchy. Yeah, to to fatten us up, so to speak.
1: So, great segue into the reason that people typically look at the ketogenic diet or eating plan, since we don't like the word diet, as a way to live, is that they are looking to reduce their weight. So, how does eliminating (laughs) carbs, April's gonna burst out of her (laughs) skin.
0: Audience can't see me right now.
1: (laughs) But um, there are many documented cases, as well as some studies related to reducing the number of carbs in your diet and how that impacts your weight. Especially if, as our parents and grandparents told us, eating meat and potatoes puts meat on the bones. If you would just eliminate the potatoes, how does that impact your weight? What have you guys heard, seen, or even experienced maybe in your personal life? (laughs) Ignore April because she's again gonna burst out of her skin.
2: I'm going to let somebody else go so I can calm down just a time. No. That's but you know what's, what's interesting is people paint carbs out to be the villain. But we do have a carbohydrates. Uh,
1: Carboholics Anonymous there you go. episode.
2: Episode. But, you know, carbs are not, they're not all bad. They're your energy source. Exactly. You know, it's, it's where you get your energy from. So you need carbs, uh, especially good carbs. You need those. Um, so I, I hear people say all the time they want to go on a carb free diet or, you know, no carbs, but carbs are not the enemy. I think being clear Balance. on what kind of, yeah, what you need, when you need it, what kind of carbs you need, um, and how they work in the body, um, is really going to help you with that weight loss goal outside of just saying, I'm not going to eat carbs anymore because you need some of them.
3: Need them yeah. They're your friends. So I think our bodies were created in such a way to properly consume carbs on a balanced level and not to exceed it, which I think the American diet, typically we eat way too many carbs. And because of that, it's been painted as the demon yeah. carbs. And when in fact, there's a balance to everything that we eat.
2: The other thing, too, is with the American diet, we eat a lot of the bad carbs. Exactly. Um, So unfortunately, the good carbs get lumped in there. But if you, you know, the bad carbs, like sugar, which they put sugar in everything, and there's a whole thing about that with, um, I can't remember the names of the two people, but they basically fought it out, said fats were bad for you, so now they— substitute sugar in a lot of things without realizing sugar is awful for you it's like really bad for you but what makes simple carbs like sugars Mm. and bread so bad for you is the the way that they're broken down in the body they have that fast um
3: metabolism yeah they metabolize
2: fast and your body cannot keep up and so then your body starts throwing out all of these Other responses, yeah, to try to keep up with what's going on. And it just causes haywire in the body. So, but you don't have that with complex carbs, right? They're more of a smooth delivery system. And so I think being clear on how carbs work and why you would want to stay away from certain ones and maybe utilize other ones is very important for people to know in terms of weight loss and that kind of thing. So, having said said
3: that, well said, well uh, said. Well said. Yeah.
2: Yes, I'm so happy that you said that because that's
0: that's my soapbox. I'm pulling it out of my my pocket. Here we pockets. go. Pulling it out of my pocket right now. It's the April show. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just the fact that broccoli is a carb, 5% carbs. So that means, you, you know, according to the percentages, it's- you eat very little healthy carbs. You just eliminate all carbs. And I think that's where I get maniacal about it because that's not you're eliminating whole food groups. Your body was not designed exactly. for that. And it's not balanced and also not sustainable. And, and I, the research that I did pointed out that the ketogenic diet is specifically for a quick response to get low, but ultimately to get your body weight lower. Right. But it's not meant to be sustainable. So what happens when you do that, you lose however much weight, and then what? How are you supposed to sustain that?
2: And this is the thing that I worry about sometimes with people. I see this a lot with fitness clients who they want these short-term results. And so they don't necessarily do all their research, like with the ketogenic diet. A lot of people don't know that it's not supposed to be a long-term fix, right? And so people go on these diets and then they're thinking, okay, I'm going to like eat like this Forever, but that's not really what it's designed for. So, I mean, I always encourage people to do all the research and figure it all out and see, like, what really works for you, your body type, your long-term goals, your short-term goals. Because there might be a long-term solution for even your short-term goals that's going to help you um, push through that and be able to keep the weight off. Because that's the other thing. People go on the ketogenic diet. They drop all this weight. Goal accomplished. You go back to eating carbs. and Exactly. You're back to where you started, exactly,
1: quite literally, because your body is like, whoa,
2: what just happened? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: So we discussed in in the Carboholics Anonymous episode that there's a Business Insider uh, article that talked about some studies that point to whether or not this is a long-term solution to better health. And so one of the first things they mention is that because sugar is a carb, many keto dieters drastically reduce their sugar intake which I think if the Jealous Vegan would probably agree is not a bad way to go. But they eliminate healthier carbs too. Yes. So as you mentioned, broccoli is a carb. So in looking through all of the suggested meal plans for someone who's trying to adapt a ketogenic lifestyle, they actually call out the lower carbohydrate um, vegetables. So broccoli, cauliflower, spinach, um, really any of the dark leafy greens are... Praised, whereas some of the more sugary or starchy type vegetables, like a potato, like potatoes, mm-hmm. both sweet fruits. and yeah, right. fruits, those things, uh, typically they people try to limit them because they do have more carbs, and so there is pro- there is obviously some health benefit that people are pulling out of their diet that they could simply because they want to adapt to this lifestyle and keep their carb level under the five percent mark.
0: I've tried a low carb diet. I mean I, I you know I was never like I was never terribly I, I was never overweight, um, although I was heavier than I sh- needed to be for my size, my height, that is to say, and my frame. But I've tried the low carb diet. I have to say, like, it's hard. I mean, five percent I was eating meat then. Still, 5%? Yeah. I mean...
3: That's pretty low, yeah. But it's also not balanced think, to me. Yeah.
1: There's an argument for that. <laughs> but think also about the things that you would take out of your diet that maybe you shouldn't be eating anyway. So all sweets, basically, right? The majority of processed foods. So cereals, uh, breads... Uh, anything that comes out of a box or a bag, you're typically not going to be eating that on this lifestyle um, or eating plan. But yet you are eating things that you could recognize in their natural state. So all sorts of vegetables, maybe some animals, right that <laughs> used to walk around and do different things. but all of those are are less processed even though you didn't go, you know, kill the cow yourself and cut off that shank and then you're preparing it. But I do think that there is some legitimacy to the idea that you are getting closer to what those things were from their beginning, as opposed to going through some sort of factory before it gets to a state where you can consume it.
2: But see, I take issue with the fact that people need to be told that you shouldn't be consuming a bunch of sugar and processed foods. That kind of seems like a no-brainer in terms of- How do you you not know? Yeah, how do you not know and do you need to go on a specific, you know, meal plan or eating regimen to understand that, you know, you want to be eating whole foods. You want to be eating things that come from the earth. You want to be eating things that have not gone through factories that you can't find in bags. I would think that that would be for anybody who's especially looking to eat healthier or lose weight or whatever your goal is, that would be one of your first thoughts is like, how do I get back to eating what my body was intended to eat and processing whole foods. Um, so while I think the ketogenic diet is good for helping people cut out sugar, because sugar is like right. a whole beast on its own, I don't think that people need to do the ketogenic diet necessarily to know that you don't wanna over consume sugar and you don't wanna right. overconsume processed foods.
3: And- yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and that's gonna be my contribution to the discussion is that I think the ketogenic diet was created because of the bad way that we eat now. So I wanna lose weight, Um, I'm eating too many carbs, so let me do this drastic diet so that I can um, get into this dress or to, to get into this suit. But again, the more sustainable way that I think this entire group, this discussion is, Get to the point where you're eating the way you should be eating so that if you are eating carbs, it's not um, demonized or it's not bad. So by all means, I'm not knocking anyone that has taken to it. But again, this diet was created with the purpose of uh, retaining or continuing the same American diet that has not been great for anyone Mm. uh, on this on this uh, continent or this this country.
0: I think that's a great point. And I mean, the team just got back from Europe and it, it, we were going to talk about this further, but in Italy and in Spain, where we were, they eat closer to the earth. Yeah, so for sure. things that come out of the ground, animals that they recognize, not, you know, and, and I'm sure that there's, you know, farming and yeah, stuff that happens. It's, it's unsavory, right? But in, generally speaking, the foods are processed minimally. And members of the team, Jen, for example, has a gluten allergy. She did not experience the same symptoms um, eating bread or pasta as she did in uh, while she was in Italy as she does here. Um, and Lila, Lisa, also didn't have the same trouble with dairy.
3: That speaks I to something. I
2: my face with gelato. Are you serious? Every day. Wow. She wow. ate it for breakfast. I had pizza. <laughs> I had my body weight in pizza. <laughs>
0: And what's so your typical amazing. response
2: to that much dairy? I'm, and, you know, the funny part is usually here within 20 minutes, if I have even a it. piece of cheese, yeah, I will feel it. I had an entire medium pizza.
3: Wow. It was glorious. Again, like you were saying, it was it, it was minimally processed. Right, that,
0: That's part of it. Like, I don't know all the—I exp- can't right. explain I it, that. right? But there's something different about— the food overseas, at least where we were, Everyone and, says that. and and where we are right now, and and I I've said this before in a team conversation, like the way that we try to eat now is so intellectualized. We didn't have to eat in this highly so intellectualized right. yeah. way before. Really, your body knows what you need. Just eat according to your body. But we're so we're in a hurry. Where now we have this concept of like what I should eat, but that informs. Our choices, but the should is is a highly individualistic perspective, and often, or our body's needs are highly individualistic, and the should comes from like a blanket, like ketogenic. This is gonna be great for anyone wanting to lose weight. It can't be. Any of the other diets are the same. Can't be. Your body knows what you need, and if you learn to listen to it and to slow down and eat closer to the ground, eat closer to the earth the answers come quite naturally. So I have this visceral reaction to like, eat all this fat and limit your carbs to 5%. 5%? Are you serious? Nobody 100 years ago was worried about their carbs. They were just working and eating. And sometimes- They were more active though, so that's different. They were more active. Yeah. True. And the food was less processed 100 years ago, right? We didn't really start processing our food heavily the way we do now until what, the 70s? World War II. Right? So- it gets to be, there's something happening. And I know for myself as a health coach, when I talk with people who are trying to lose weight and they're struggling, it's generally not the food. It is something else happening. Lifestyle, it is the perspective. It's the, the reasons that people sabotage. Um, the food is a very small component of why they don't have the body that they
1: want or they don't feel as good as they would like to feel. Yeah. So, that's an interesting point. Um, and I feel like it's a chicken or the egg argument, right? So, if people are having difficulty in their life, how does that impact what they choose to eat and their ability to lose weight? Conversely, if you're trying to lose weight and you're not having success, how does that impact how you feel and your mood? Yes, absolutely. Agree. So, there's been some interesting research on the ketogenic diet and its impact on depression specifically. Mm. And so, um, and then article that we will link to on how the ketogenic diet helps with depression, this doctor talks about the fact that whenever you're feeling extremely sad or depressed about something, there's a quality of helplessness or pervasiveness um, that no matter what you do, nothing will change the situation. And so um, I, I can absolutely relate to that feeling that you're, you feel stuck and that it doesn't matter what, actions you take, he will never be able to change the situation, right? And that's, I think that's how a lot of people feel about their weight because they've done the low, you know, restricted calories or increase your activity and, you know, only eat white foods or not eat white foods or whatever it is that's the flavor of the day. And they don't have the level of success that they uh, hope to attain. And what's more than that, uh, as the doctor mentions, you're lethargic, you're sleepy, you don't want to do anything. Right, and so when you're in that state, how hard is it to say, "I'm only going to eat plants," or "I'm going to make this kind of change that's going to impact my health in a positive way"? If you feel hopeless and helpless, you don't even think that way. But here's what's interesting: rats, obviously, in a um, Study. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't just go out on the street and interview a bunch of rats, but. Like, oh, that's good right. to know. In really really a controlled environment. Rats on a ketogenic diet displayed less behavioral despair, meaning they exhibited less hopelessness, they were more active than the control group that was not eating keto. But here's the
0: thing. Keto is only meant for a short period of exactly. time. So even if you get those benefits for a week or two weeks or a month, you eventually need to eat veggies.
3: Right.
2: I also would argue that, yes, I think the one of the best benefits of the ketogenic diet is taking that sugar out of your diet. Right. Because people also don't attribute sugar, but to like... Um, mood but it absolutely does because it takes you way way up and then way way down and way way up and way way down um which is why you know when you're not feeling good you go for that candy bar you Mm. go for that thing with the sugary sweetness because it's going to spike you up so I mean I think I said this in a previous episode but when it comes to diets like they work and they don't like every diet works and every diet doesn't Um, It depends on what you're looking at, right? So you can't say specifically that these rats did better because they followed specifically this ketogenic way, but maybe there was a component of the ketogenic diet that does work, but what is that component and can we find a way? I'm really big in people just being educated about what you're eating, how it works in the body, what it does for the body and utilizing it. Uh, When I have clients who come to me who have weight loss goals, one of my biggest rules is- no carbs after dark because carbs are energy, not no carbs, low carbs after dark. Um, definitely no simple carbs, but even complex carbs because they're energy. And so you eat them when you're planned to be expending energy. And when you're not expending energy, you don't eat them. So at night, of course, you wouldn't want to eat pasta before you go to bed, you're sleeping. But in the morning, absolutely get up and have bread and You're going to be running around all day. And even more so if you're going to be working out and doing all these things. You need to feel the body. So I don't think that there's a specific, like, I don't, when it comes to the ketogenic diet, I don't feel like it specifically works for um, working sake. I think that there are components of it that that make sense and work. But I think that you could isolate those components and get the same results without following the entire plan. And can I just say before you...
0: (laughs) That but, if a person is we depressed, gotta you we gotta you <laughs> to your point, if a person is depressed, they're not going to be able to follow that kind of regimen. Yeah. So how I, do I they even? Know. How do they even stick to it?
1: Because if you're depressed, who doesn't want to eat bacon but and steak and eggs? You just said it's hopeless.
0: And- you just said it's hopeless. Yeah, but I'm no. saying, but it's, they feel like it's hopeless, and then it's very specific things. Five percent. How do you even measure that? But also, there's apps for that. What are you talking about? <laughs> how, do you, how do you measure that? 5% of your total, calorie, your, your total calorie intake. So, but if you're eating eggs and bacon, and, so you're eating a lot of fat right. and protein and almost no carbs. Moderate amount of protein, but. And then what does that also, but uh, remember so many that, things remember, come but, up in your cardiovascular system, like what does your exercise, you
2: could get, it just, yeah. Right. Whew. OK. I'm also, though, I feel like when people are depressed, right, they want to eat these foods that make them feel better. Right. Um, sugar actually is more addictive or just as addicting as cocaine because it gives you that feel good right. feeling. Right. Um, so but when you're legal. depressed, it's more it's legal and it's in everything. Um, but when you're depressed, you're more likely going to go for that food that makes you feel good. That's going to release that. Uh, endorphin in your brain rather than go for the broccoli or the kale that's probably going to be better for you. So I, I feel like to say um, people eat better when they're depressed or to stay on some sort of regimen when they're depressed is not likely. They're more likely going to reach for the things that they shouldn't have.
1: Absolutely. But I mean, if you tell somebody, restrict your calories, right? versus restrict your carbs, I think that if you are feeling depressed, you can still find more satisfaction in a restricted carb uh, dietary plan than in a restricted calorie
3: dietary see your plan. See point, yeah. See your
1: well, point.
2: I don't think so. But uh, only if you know what carbs you're
1: restricting. Like, I feel like you still have to have. So no potato chips, no bread, no pasta, no. Uh, ice cream. Well, see, you can the have sugar. ice Sugar. But if the carb count is low enough, people do have ice cream on the ketogenic diet. who wants time. to count your carbs in your ice cream? Mm-hmm. Oh, who my Who wants to God. count calories?
0: Right, which is my whole point. What are we thinking about? It shouldn't be this intellectualized. Eat for your body. And when, and I, I want to point out, and um, Lisa will probably collude with me here, is Exercise though is amazing for bringing back up that depression, and more and and much less intellectual than or can be much less intellectual than five. What's five percent carbs that I can eat and slap on my plate? Mm -hmm. So
3: I'm wondering. You mentioned about the the rats and the study with the rats, whether or not uh, the keto diet was a major factor to them being. Better rats, <laughs> but no, no like, judgment here. We
1: won't say that they were better or worse, but they were more active. More active,
3: right? Yes. So again, is it because of the keto diet, or is it because we know that the body requires exercise, it requires movement? I, I feel like I eat pretty well, as far as and all of us for that matter. But I don't, <laughs> I don't exercise. So even though I'm uh, I'm eating well, do I need to also incorporate that uh, active lifestyle, really, to, to, to pinnacle the way I wanna be as far as my health? And mm-hmm. so again, that yes. speaks to what we're talking yeah, about, again, balance.
1: <laughs> the short and, answer is, is yes, <laughs> right. you, you do need right. it, yeah.
3: Right, yeah, yeah, and, and I know that, I, exactly, and that's why still I suffer from hypertension, even though my diet, I feel like it's pretty grand. Um, I still have kidney problems. Because I feel as though maybe I can improve in the uh,
0: and, and I like that you bring that up, because that exercise speaks to it, too, right? Just as a quick aside, like maybe not so quick. but
3: um, <laughs>
0: The idea that soapbox, it, you, you said you know you should work out, but it, you know, it's, it feels like work. At least I'll speak from my experience. When uh-huh. I need to work out, it feels like work. Right. But if if exercise were really something pleasurable, it wouldn't feel like work, I wouldn't mm. have to intellectualize it, right? If I, we think of exercise as getting on the treadmill or going and picking up some weights, but exercise is dancing, it's gardening, it's- Good point. You know, it's all these things that we could naturally biking. put in biking, right? Um, if you like running, cool, some people do. Go running, but you can go running on the open road. You can change your scenery. There's so much variety you can add that would not only get uh, a boost for depression, but make it so that exercise does not work. You know, you can take a walk and get some exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Your body is mostly water. What happens when water doesn't move? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: It gets stagnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have to move, but we don't have to get, go to the gym to do it. And I think if we, if it were more natural for, and I'm speaking to the American lifestyle, because in in other parts, they sometimes, they move more. Right. Um, And, If it were more natural for us to get um, exercise or movement in our day, I think it would be less, um, much less like work.
3: Right, good point.
2: Agreed.
1: This article on the mental effect of a ketogenic diet actually points to the fact that these rats were then able to move and that that had the biggest impact on their state of mind. So really movement, as the article points out, is the most underutilized antidepressant that's available to us. But I mean, could you use your diet to fuel greater movement? And if people are able to do that, even through a short term change and re- restricting processed sugar latent carbs, I personally am for it. Good point. Yeah. I think that reducing, you know, processed sugar laden carbs should
2: not be a short term thing. You should do that all the time. I do think that your diet, if you can find a way, I don't think that it has to be something else that somebody prescribes, though. Do your research, figure out, you know, for yourself maybe what works for you, what doesn't. Uh, I, I read a Book actually, this guy was talking about you know caffeine and all these different things, and I love my coffee. You guys know I love my coffee, <laughs> and I tried to quit coffee, and I had like this crazy migraine like, oh, yeah. and everything. Um, but I hated the way that the coffee made me feel. Okay. Right, so I just put a little tweak in there. He talks about adding some fat to your coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. I do a scoop of uh, ghee butter and I do my coffee creamer. I have it. I have sustained energy out the day throughout the day. I don't feel as sluggish. Um, and that, I feel like that little change helped me just being able to feel better about the whole day. Yeah. Um, and now I do uh, try to eat something In the beginning of the day, I would get up and first thing I would do is make my coffee and like take it on an empty stomach. So, of course, I'm going to go way, way up and then (sharp) way, 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 way down. Um, So now I try to eat something first. I put the fats in my coffee and it made a complete world of difference. And I'm not counting calories and I'm not counting, you know, carbs and I'm not doing all these things. But I found that thing that works for me, that helps me to get up and moving and feel good and be more productive. And I think everybody needs to find that thing for them, whatever that is. And it took some research and it took some reading and it took some experimenting. I mm-hmm. tried coconut oil. I, the ghee butter is what I found. It's like frothy. It's delicious. Yeah. Um, so good. Yeah. I had to play it around with good. the ratio. At first I was like basically drinking ghee. <laughs> 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 I had to like play around yeah, well with butter it. Butter coffee is not, it's not new.
1: But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
2: you, you,
0: the final product or the final result that you found successful was, came from you listening to your body.
2: That's what I just heard. Yeah, no. it did. But also educate Educating myself. Of course. Educating myself. And there were a couple things I tried before that. And, you know, people, a a lot of times in the fitness industry, too, people talk about taking, like, a pre-workout in the morning or something like that. You put it next to your bed. You drink it first thing in the morning. But basically, it's caffeine. It gives you a caffeine jolt. But worse than that, I found that I had an allergic reaction to almost every pre-workout. And Mm. I don't know what's in that stuff. Probably whey. I don't know, mm. no, but let me, tell you, let me tell you about my reaction though. I don't, because I don't have that reaction. No. I would drink the pre workout and every part of my body would itch. I mean, from mm. the wow. palms of my hands to the soles of my feet, I would feel like I was on fire. And the only way to get rid of it would literally be to run at top speed until it subsided. Mm. I would have to take a pre workout and get on the treadmill and run. No, Right. Until, I, until I feel Stop
1: like I went out. <laughs> and wow. I'm at you right now. <laughs> and that's oh, that was it's, terrible. It's quite a
2: way to wake up in the morning if you want to do that. But people are like, take a pre workout. It's so good for you. That didn't work for me. No, I'm not doing that. But my coffee.
3: Kinda, let me. Oh, go ahead. I was just wanted to say, because you each made a point that I thought was interesting. You said, if I remember correctly, that um, why are we doing these gimmicks? Because it seems like a gimmick. But I see a plus side of it because sometimes we need sort of a, a push. So, if it eventually, since we know it's not so sustainable as far as these diets, we like to think that lifestyle changes are the best. So, maybe we do need things like a keto diet to jumpstart us to uh, minimizing sugar, as you mentioned before. And then eventually when our bodies see the benefits of it, we can then fall back to a more sustainable lifestyle as opposed to maintaining this keto diet or uh the intermittent fasting, whatever these um gimmick of the week. Right, right, right. So as long as we're educating ourselves and we understand the full scope of what keto does and we understand it's not meant to be long term, yeah. it might be something that we can entertain to get. the the final result
0: i I agree but i don't agree sorry no i don't but i do think that there could be value for the right person Mm -hmm. because again not any diet is prescriptive for all people it's possible that it might help somebody get over a hump
3: right
2: so i think uh in terms of diets they could be a a good way for people to experiment right because that's the beauty in them is you're taking things out of your diet putting things in you're seeing what things work how what Yeah, what things work for you. But I would say if you're going to use diets as an experiment for what eating habits work for you, you need to take a really good log of what you're eating, how it's making you feel, what the results are so that you can get a better idea, because maybe it's not carb-free that's working for you. Maybe it's, you know, no sugar. Maybe it is the high-fat um But maybe it's not, maybe carbs are not influencing you one way or the other, but that's something that you wouldn't know if you're not taking note Mm -hmm. of how different things are making you feel. And if that's the case, then you need to try multiple diets. You can't just try one. You need to say, how do I feel on paleo? How do I feel on ketogenic? How do I feel on this? How do I feel on that? Um, And see what components of those work, because uh, you might be surprised to see what you find. And... Trying out the different diets to see what works could be a great basis for designing a meal plan for your life. Yes. Long term, um, because yeah. you then know what you're eating Get and you know out why. my
3: head. So. I mean, exactly what you just said. Yeah. I think we need to, anything that we do, not just dieting or eating, but anything in life, we need to look at the pros and the cons, weigh the factors. But I think it can also be a good way of of uh, initially, you know, to accomplish a goal. I I do have friends, close friends, that have done the keto diet and have lost immense or an immense amount of weight. Mm -hmm. But again, we talk about sustainability and whether or not it is sustainable, but um, learn from that. and um, But ultimately, you know, we wanna make sure that we do what's according to our bodies. Mm -hmm. That's my take. So I say, Yes, temporarily too.
0: And I say, listen to your body, which is not a <laughs> new thought. I say that all the time. Listen to your body, and to Lisa's point of like design your own, use the information, and design what works for you. Um, you absolutely need, and what have a, a, a not a diet, but you need a plan for what mm-hmm. happens after
3: Good point. you come yeah. off of ketogenic, right. Um, right.
0: because otherwise you'll get the benefit right. possibly mm-hmm. if it works for your biology, and then what? Yeah. Right.
2: And time box it. You know, give yourself three months on this diet, three months on this one, three months on this one, um, and see what that feels like. Because I feel like that's a—because if you do it for too long, as with anything, your body adapts, first of all. So a lot of people see good results, like in the very beginning, but then your body adapts, and then it doesn't work the same, even if you keep doing the same thing. So uh, I would—I think that's the biggest thing I could think of. Keep a log Mm -hmm. of all your results work from
3: there. I think about it speaks to what you just said. Uh what we consume when we change our diets, for instance, they tell you for the vitamins, don't you know, consume these diets indefinitely. You want to come off of it. Again, I've heard black seed oil, that's something that you don't want to necessarily consume indefinitely. You want to come off of it. Um so that makes sense that, you know, our bodies get used to it mm-hmm. and then it no longer works. So yeah.
0: makes Highly sense. Yeah. 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 More, yeah. more I think about it. Uh, I'm just going to call out here because it's a great segue that t- teaching people to coaching people to listen to their body. That's what I do. Right. And and developing that individualistic plan for, OK, you want to do keto. Great. Cool. And what's going to happen after? Let's let's talk about talking about and holding accountability for someone to to know what the results are and to be able to harvest those results, analyze those results so that they can build what works for them individually. That's something I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's um, it's amazing because people don't even realize that they their body talks to them. And in fact, it very much so does if you're mm-hmm. able to listen and willing to listen yeah. and willing really to slow down and pay attention, um, which is another key component of this that we're talking about, that the ketogenic diet makes you have to be, um, thoughtful and if you've got to slow down in order to count your carbs have an app um not just your carbs but all of it right Under proportions um have an app but also keep a log um, and that can be difficult it can be stressful even because
1: how how, that's that's a lot of work great let me write
3: that down i had a cracker
1: I hate yeah. logging food. Yeah. Uh, yes, but I also think that it's really powerful for making you conscious of what you're eating. True. Because too often okay. you just, you know, open holes, Good point. shove in stuff, Good point. Good point. and yeah. you you don't have any accountability. But when you have a goal in mind and you can measure it, I think that's how you are able Good to point. manage it. Yeah. Well but said. it's like anything,
0: like a birth control. Like women take birth control every day, but you're supposed to take it at the same time every day, or you could, oops, right? And and. No judgment on the oops, might just happen, right? Your body could adapt to birth control. Women's bodies do adapt to birth control. I'm, you're taking that, but I'm not. I'm not um, buying wolf tickets this week. Some
2: right? of my favorite babies. <laughs> <laughs> birth control babies. That's right. <laughs>
1: but but it requires a point. being. Oh, way, way, way down the rabbit hole.
3: Right. talking up, about, your babies, right? <laughs> no no no, okay. other people's
0: it mistakes. Stinks. It stinks. You know Quite what
2: not oh Sorry. yeah you're right. mishap. Um, <laughs> un- un-
0: unintended pregnancies. Um, I bring that up to say that if you're not careful, right? and 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 this speaks to personality, speaks to individuality, because if you're not careful about how you take your birth control, a woman assuming she doesn't want to get pregnant, right? then, oops because your body does know how to adapt. And so the same thing like even you Jen for example, are a person who I would I would try, I, ketogenic, I'd be like, "Yeah, tell me, show me your stats because I bet you already got that thing on a graph somewhere." But if your per- person's personality does not match to that kind of person,
3: right?
2: Oops. <gasps> yeah, my graph's going to look like kid artwork. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. Which way does it go? Oh, yeah. Wait, you have a
1: turn upside <laughs> down. Yeah. Sorry. The other way. Yeah. I'm
2: not disciplined enough for it.
1: So two um, bullet points that came out of the Business Insider article we referenced earlier, I think, um, are perfect summation points. One is fill your plate with plants. Yes. Include vegetables, whole grains, healthy fats, and legumes. Don't include a lot of meat, milk, or highly processed foods, that a gardener or farmer wouldn't recognize. Yes. And so, in all the studies that have been done relative to people who have tried to adapt this way of eating, they concluded it's another reminder that focusing on healthy, plant-based whole foods is a better long-term strategy than dieting. Wow. Oh, well, we should ooh, have just started ooh. with that. Right. No, <laughs> Die, <good. Think laughs> keto. <laughs> We didn't add a disclaimer at the opening of the episode, but hopefully you know that before you make any dietary changes, you should consult with your physician. And as April would say, listen to your body.
0: Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Please connect with us on social media at thejealousvegan.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please go to thejealousvegan.com and sign up for our newsletter to receive exclusive content in support of your plant-based journey. And remember... Don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.